Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Books vs. Movies, the podcast where I try to answer the age-old question, is the book really always better than the movie? I'm Yuvia, and I am an actress and book lover based out of New York City. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited. Today's episode is all about Coraline. Yes, Coraline by Neil Gaiman and its 2009 adaptation by Laika Studios. Laika, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. It's L-I-K-A, but they are a very well-known stop-motion adaptation studio known for films like Coraline, obviously Paranorman, The Box Trolls, Kubo and the Two Strings, a whole lot of like modern adaptations. Okay, So let's go ahead and get started. So Coraline by Neil Gaiman with illustrations by Dave McKean was first published all the way back in July of 2002. Fun fact, this was the first book I ever rated on Goodreads. Yeah, almost 10 years years ago. I've had my Goodreads account for 10 years now, which I just discovered as I was rereading this book for this podcast. And wow. All right. And for this to be my first book, such a momentous occasion. Wow. And now, and now, and now we're here. Cool. So let's get into it. Coraline by Neil Gaiman follows our protagonist, Coraline, as the day after she and her family move into their new home, she decides to go exploring. She finds a door that's locked and on the other side Coraline discovers one day, not the day she goes exploring but a different day, she's able to unlock the door and discovers a passage to another apartment that is exactly like her own and yet it's different. Things are better in this other apartment. The food is better. The toys are better. Her parents are better. The thing is, these parents want Coraline to stay with them forever. There are also other children trapped in this other apartment, and it is up to Coraline to save her. Well, to save them, not save her. Save all of them. There's three of them. As for the stop-motion adaptation of Coraline, which came out back in 2009, directed by Henry Selick. He, you may know him as the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas as well, but this film follows our protagonist, Coraline, as she finds another world that is strangely idealized version of her frustrating home life. However, there are disturbing secrets that she uncovers. Ooh. All right. Yes. So as usual, we're mainly going to cover the major differences that were made when adapting this book into the the, the film. So let's 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 get started. All right. So Neil Gaiman is British, and being a British author, the story of Coraline takes place in an unknown part of the UK. It's somewhere in the UK, but the film adaptation takes place somewhere in the US. I believe it's Oregon. I want to say she moves from Michigan to Oregon, but it's definitely not the UK. It's definitely here in the US. 
S. I guess I forgot to say spoiler alert. I don't know. Would you rather I give a spoiler like at the beginning of the episode or is it better to give it right before I give like the big major spoilers? I don't know. Which is better? I feel like it's kind of better to just let you listen in and as I'm about to reveal the major secret, just, you know, let you know that a spoiler's coming up. But I don't know. Let me know. But now I feel weird because I said spoiler and I actually don't have any like big spoilers coming up yet. I will. Boy, just should I give one of the spoilers now since I already gave the warning? No. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. In the film, Coraline has a really annoying neighbor named YB. YB's grandma is the owner of the property that Coraline and her family have moved into. There is no YB. There is no YB's grandma in the book. They were completely made for the film. All right, here comes your first spoiler. And this spoiler is specifically for the film, not the not the book. So this is a film spoiler only coming up in three, two, one. So the reason I think that YB and his grandma were created for the film is to have a nice tie-in with the souls of the children that are trapped in the other apartment. As you end up finding out that one of the souls is actually the twin sister of YB's grandma. So yes, no YB, no YB's grandma in the book, but there is a lot of YB in YB specifically in the film. So as we know, film is a visual medium. It needs more time to develop. Obviously you need time to develop things in, in, in a book as well, but you can use as much language and dialogue as you need and it, it, it still makes sense. But in the film, since it is a visual medium, we need to become attached to these characters. We need to fall in love with these characters and root for them and everything you have to do it a little bit. You have to rely a lot more on the visuals and really, really take the time to develop the characters for film. And the reason I say that is because Coraline is a really short little novella meant for kids. Although, I mean, is it really meant for kids? I don't know. We'll discuss that because we'll discuss that. And I want to say it's only, it's it's less than 200 pages for sure. It's about 160 pages, if I remember correctly off the top of my head. So it's a really quick little novella. The film takes, it, the, the next big, biggest change that I want to talk about is the film takes a lot longer to get the action going, which again makes sense for the medium that that it, that it's in. So as I said in my intro, Coraline starts exploring her, in the book, starts exploring the house the next day. And, you know, she moves in, she starts exploring the house. As she's exploring her house, she meets her neighbors who all give her different warnings that she's in danger. And then she finds, the day after she goes exploring, she finds the key to the door that opens a passageway to the other apartment or the other flat as it's referred to in the book. You know, I'm going to call it the flat because I'm talking about the book and it is British. And then I'll talk about the apartment when I'm talking about the film. How about that? Okay. Anyway, so when she finds the passageway that leads into the other flat, she goes to the other apartment. She meets her other parents and is enamored by it. And despite being enamored by it and it, meeting the neighbors and, and the other neighbors, by the end of that visit, she's already 
feeling uneasy and she decides that she never wants to come back to this place. She returns her her flat is empty. Her parents are nowhere to be found. She goes to bed. She wakes up the next day. Her parents are still nowhere to be found. And that's when she realizes that, spoiler alert, they have been kidnapped by the other mother who is trying to get her to stay with her on in, in the other flat. She goes over, makes a deal with the other mother to not only rescue her parents, but release the souls of the children that are trapped in the other flat. The book takes place in within the, the range of maybe three to five days at most. I guess the film does as well, but it does take a lot longer. So in the film, she goes exploring. The day after she goes exploring, she crosses over into the apartment, into the other apartment. She meets the other mother. She loves it. She falls asleep over there. And when she wakes up, she's back in her regular apartment. And then she has an excursion with her mother. She meets the neighbors. She goes back to the other apartment again that night. She comes back and then she goes in one more time. It isn't until the third time that she starts to become really suspicious and decides at that point that she doesn't want to go back. And what really is the catalyst for her deciding that she doesn't want to stay with the other mother is the fact that the other mother wants to sew buttons in place of her eyes, which does happen in, in the book as well. But like I said, the book just happens so quickly. So actually, I, yeah, I want to say the book maybe takes place two or three days max. The film probably takes place over a span of four or five days. So the, the pacing of the film is a lot slower than it is in the book. The events are, each individual event that happens within the same day in the book is split so that it happens on different days in the movie. And again, the reason for that is we need to fall in love with this other place and see the magic and the wonder that Coraline does and, and really get to see why she wants to stay there. And in the book, we do get that. But if we did the events that happen in the book as, as quickly as they do and, and try to incorporate that in, into film, it, we probably wouldn't care about Coraline as much as, as we end up doing. So yeah, the, the pacing, the, the action of the book is just drawn out a lot more in, in the film. All right. So this is a major, major, major spoiler for the book. Not so kind of for the movie, but it's really, really for the book. So spoiler coming in three, two, one. So another change they made in the, in the film is that, which I'm not sure that I, I mean, I, I guess I can kind of see the reason. I can only speculate as to why this change was made. In the book, there's absolutely nothing on the mantelpieces of the study. And so when Coraline discovers that her parents are kidnapped, she sees a snow globe sitting on the mantelpiece and she's kind of a little weirded out by it because she knows she doesn't have that at home. And as she makes the deal with the other mother to release the ghost children and her parents, she ends up figuring out that the snow globe is where her parents are because that's the only thing that's out of place in this other apartment, in this other flat, I'm sorry, in this other flat that is completely different from from her home. And so that's how she ends up figuring it out. In the film, I'm guessing the reason they made that 
change is because I feel like, yes, it's it's described in, in the book as like, oh, I mean, that's a little, that's a little odd to have a snow globe on the mantelpiece. We don't have that in my flat. And then we, we forget about it pretty quickly because we're just so into Coraline's journey. And I feel like in the film, we might've figured out the twist a little bit sooner because we would actually be seeing the film, the, the the snow globe on the mantelpiece, and our eye would immediately be be drawn to that any any time we're there. I don't know. That that's the only thing again because it's a visual thing. Maybe to help throw us off a little more, they added the snow globes on the mantelpiece from Coraline and her family. That's the only thing. That's the only thing I can speculate. So the only reason this bothered me is is because in the in the book, once Coraline figures out oh that's where my parents are we're we're realizing that with her in the film and so we know that the risk she takes so you know she tells the other mother like oh I know exactly where my parents are they're through that door and the other mother opens the door and is like no they're not (laughs) you get stay here forever and then she grabs the snow globe and runs through the door that the other mother opened to get back into her actual flat. In the movie, that wasn't like she does that, but it's also like you are taking a really big risk, little girl. Like you're not even, you have no idea where your parents are. The only reason she ends up finding out that or figuring out that her parents are in the snow globe is because she's standing next to them and she hears like her parents wiping on the glass of the snow globe. And that's when she turns, sees that they're in there, grabs the snow globe and proceeds with with the plan. The thing is, in the film, she has, just like in the book, she has already said, I know where my parents are. They're through that door. And so it just seemed a little too risky in the film, if, if, if I'm making any sense, because, you know, she's saying they're through that door, but she actually in the film has no idea where they are at this point. So the other mother, mother could have opened the door, said they're not there. Meanwhile, Coraline is trying to figure out where her parents are. And the other mother could have easily closed the door on her and kept her there forever because Coraline didn't actually know where her parents were. Y- you see, you, I hope I'm making sense and that that you realize what I'm trying to say. It's just that 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 was the only thing about that change that bothered me is that risk that Coraline takes. Well, yes, a very big and exciting risk, I suppose, because she doesn't actually know where the parents are. The stakes are higher. It's also like, well, that was really dumb because you could have been stuck there forever and or your parents could have been stuck there forever because once you run through that passageway without your parents there's no way of going back and getting them but anyway I went on a long tangent on this yes that that was my issue with that change and again this is another major spoiler this is for both the book and the film, which is that, you know, she returns to her flat slash apartment and she thinks that it's over and the souls of the children she has released are like, (laughs) no, the other mother's still out there. Like, (laughs) good luck with that. Thank you for releasing us, but good luck with that. And so Coraline realizes that she has to get rid that she has to get rid of the key. And that's really the only way that she will be safe. And the way in which she disposes of the key in both the book in the film, she disposes of the key by throwing it down the well on the property. The difference is that in the book, she comes up with the plan all by herself. She outsmarts 
the other so the other mother's hand gets cut off in both the book and the film and so in the book she outsmarts the other other mother's hand and throws ends up disposing of the key and the hand by outwitting her she pretends that she's having a tea party she sets up like a tablecloth over the well and she places the key in the center this is in the book and but in case i didn't make that clear she places the key on the tablecloth the hand comes scurrying out grabs the key but as it's just a tablecloth over a large the large opening of the well the weight of the hand and the key bring it down into the well and in the film the way the key and the hand end up going down is Coraline run run she runs to the well is about to dispose of the key when the other mother's hand grabs the key and they wrestle for it a little bit. YB comes out of the woods and helps Coraline defeat the other mother's hand and helps her throw the hand and the key down the well. So again, because YB is a rather important character in the film, he helps, he's the one that helps Coraline dispose of the key where, whereas in the, the book, like I said, it's Coraline doing it all on her own. I feel like I might have called Coraline Caroline a few times throughout this, which I did. I'm so sorry, Coraline, because you are always correcting your neighbors because they keep calling you Caroline. But I really hope I've been saying it right. <laughs> All right. So now for the final change. And that is that the book is just so much creepier than the movie. So, you know, earlier when I said my com my my comment when I was saying, you know, this is a novella meant for kids, I was like, well, is it really meant for kids? Because it's actually a really scary book. Now, this is totally Neil Gaiman. This is this is his bread and butter or it's just like these creepy, really really kind of scary, macabre, gothic kind of settings. So, this is this is Neil Gaiman through and through. But yeah, I, I feel like that's definitely something I need to bring up. It's just how much scarier the book is. It's meant for kids, but if your kid is a scary cat, don't let them read this book. <laughs> like the, the, the visuals described, they're just so much more gruesome. And yeah, for, for example, in, in the film, her neighbor, Mr. Bobinski has a mouse circus. And when she goes, goes to the other apartment and meets the other Mr. Bobinski. She actually gets to see the mouse circus, which, which adds to the appeal and the wonder of this other world. And they're actually mice, and she enjoys this mouse circus. And in the book, and, and well, really quickly before I move on to the book, you end up finding out that the mice in the other world are just, are actually rats disguised as mice, and they're spying for the other mother. In the book, they're rats right from the beginning. So instead of having a mouse circus, Mr. the other Mr. Bobinski has a rat circus. And I mean, that's a really, really tame example. But I mean, so you can just visualize how, why Coraline may, might not be as enamored at the end of just one day on the other world than the Coraline in the film is. Yeah, the, the book is actually really, really creepy and kind of, it's just, 
it's really, really cool. And yeah, like I said, I gave a really tame example, but that's, I mean, I think that's also a good example of how, how different it already is in, in tone. And yeah, like the description of the other mother of the, the father of the other father when he pisses off the other mother and, you know, she's, she's punishing him. Like the descriptions are just so much more gruesome and gross and just really creepy and scary. So it's perfect for Halloween and uh, perfect for anyone that's into that kind of vibe. I remember a lot of people saying like, or hearing kind of one of the warnings was like, this might be scary for young viewers. The, the, the film, and honestly, I don't think the film, like I would let my nieces watch that and they are four and two. I mean, I guess they might be a little scared at that age by some of the visuals, but because especially my older niece, she's, she's four. So she is a lot more certain of what she likes and she loves Nightmare Before Christmas and, and what she calls Emily and the Witches, which is actually Hocus Pocus. And she loves Halloween. Like, I feel like she'd be into Coraline, but I don't I don't know that I would, you know, read Coraline the book to her as a bedtime story until, you know, she's a, a like maybe in fourth or fifth grade at least. So yeah, I do want to say that Dakota Fanning and Terry Hatcher are are great as the voices of Coraline and Coraline's mom slash other mother. I think they they do great voice acting. I really, really enjoyed them both in the roles. And I think Terry Hatcher does a great job of, of kind of switching from the kind of like sugary sweets that you're not going to suspect me. I'm so perfect as the other mother and little by little the anger and that creepiness comes out of her. So yeah. All right. So it is time to give my final verdict. I rated Coraline by Neil Gaiman, the book. Well, yes, I said Coraline by Neil Gaiman, four out of five stars. And I rated Coraline, the film, four out of five stars. You would think that was a tie. I, I did have a tie once before the very first episode, but you know, as even though I rated them both four stars, they are both great and deserve to be watched and admired for what they did. As so much as the film made some some changes, I can understand why those changes were made and they weren't changes that made me absolutely hate the adaptation by any means. We will definitely get to those books at some point. I don't want to say it. You're just gonna have to hold your breath. Only Lando knows when what book I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, Lando's my husband, by the way, for those of you that don't know. But yes, despite me giving them both four out of five stars, I can't help but feel that despite that, there is still a clear winner. And you can probably guess it, but the winner is Caroline the book. I just have to give it to the book because I, I mean, I read it 10 years ago. So it, it was kind of like reading it for the first time. I had, because I'd, I'd forgotten it at this point and I'm reading it. I'm just like, oh my God gosh, like this is just wow. Like some of the, the visuals, the images, it's just, this is really creepy. And for that reason, I, I feel like it edges out the film. Not to say I don't think the film is worth, isn't worth watching. No, definitely check out the film by all means. But the winner, very, very much so, is the book. I wasn't sure if I wanted to give a preview for the next 
book because I'm reading two books right now in preparation for the next episodes, but I feel like I know which one I'm going to, I definitely know which one I'm going to finish first. So I'll go ahead and let you know that the next book versus film is The Woman in the Window. See you next time.